Listener production. Hello, Tom Tilly and Rihanna Patrick with you. Welcome to the briefing on what for most of you is a public holiday. Yeah, sorry, Victorians and West Australians, you had your day off in March. <laughs> All right, so no news headlines in this episode. Instead, we're just jumping into a very special interview with one of the most popular authors in the world right now, E. Lockhart. One of my kids had also sent me a TikTok video of somebody crying in response to reading We Were Liars. And this person was really crying, like tears running down their face, snot, mascara, everything uh, liquefied. And it just said something on the order of WTF, this book. So E. Lockhart's book, We Were Liars, has been on the top of the New York Times young adult fiction paperback bestsellers list for the last two years. But it was released all the way back in 2014. So what happened? Well, book talk. Hi guys, now that I've finally composed myself, here's my reaction to the final part of the book. It did in fact emotionally destroy me, but 10 out of 10. Yeah, so TikTok reviews like that one with all the feels... Ascending E. Lockhart's career to a whole new level, not only is her 2014 book experiencing a huge second wave of sales, it's inspired a new book, a prequel. It absolutely changed my career. The last two books that I had written had not been particular commercial successes. So for me to get so many readers was an absolute gift from the Book Talk community. So this interview is all about the way Book Talk is changing the publishing industry. Emily, thank you so much for joining us. Tell us your story because you've seen the power of book talk firsthand. What happened to your 2014 book, We Were Liars? Well, what happened was that seven years after publication, approximately, We Were Liars came back onto the New York Times bestseller list. And I was surprised. My publisher was surprised. There was no one who wasn't surprised. Uh, probably about a month before that, I had heard that sales were up, um, but I didn't know how far up because I don't generally look at my sales records. And one of my kids had also sent me a TikTok video of somebody crying in response to reading We Were Liars. And this turned out to be a very popular video of many videos that were made in response to this particular novel. And this person was really crying, like tears running down their face, snot, mascara, (laughs) everything uh, liquefied. And um, it just said something on the order of WTF, this book. (laughs) And that combined with other similar videos had propelled sales through BookTok. But it took us quite a while to figure out the connection between the increased sales and what seemed like, you know, a social media post of no particular import. Emily, I mean, what had We Were Liars sold prior to this second life that it got from BookTok? I mean, it had already sold a million copies. Wow. Um, It wasn't an unpopular book, (laughs) um, but it had not been on the bestseller list for six years. It's kind of funny that your daughter had to tell you about it, isn't it? It's unsurprising to me that the young people know what is going on with the young people. (laughs) (laughs) Now, Emily, I mean, you've obviously seen this reconnection with We Were Liars, but the aftermath of your book talk fame meant that we see your current book hit the shelves. I, I mean, how did that influence, I guess, this prequel, Family of Liars? 
Well, I had not really considered writing a, a follow-up novel to um, We Were Liars. It's a intense family drama set on a private island. It's a thriller with a plot twist. And it's not really the sort of thing that lends itself to a sequel. I really hadn't given it any thought until I had suddenly so many current readers for We Were Liars. And I was in between projects and I really started to think about what I could do that would satisfy all these new readers that I had. I wanted to give them something back, really. And I came up with the idea of doing a prequel set in 1987. So it reveals a lot of secrets about the Sinclair family, who are the family uh, that We Were Liars centers on, a lot of secrets about their past. But I guess to end up writing a prequel that you had never considered before and to have a huge boost in sales, is it fair to say that Book Talk has changed your career or at least the trajectory of it at this point? It absolutely changed my career. The last two books that I had written had not been particular commercial successes. So in publishing Family of Liars as a follow-up to this Book Talk sensation, I got a huge amount of publisher support. I also got a huge amount of reader support and social media support that happened organically as a result of this publication. So for me to get so many readers when my previous two books had not had that kind of readership Mm. was an absolute gift from, from the book talk community. Wow. So your career was basically over and then TikTok saved you. That is nothing I would fact check. (laughs) (laughs) I've been a working novelist for 25 years. My career was far from over, Uh, but I uh, just wasn't selling a particularly high volume. So it must feel good then, Emily, to be on that bestsellers list and to have been there for quite a while now. Yeah, I've been on the bestseller list for two years. I'm currently at number one. It feels wow. great. <laughs> so good. And so what do you think this book talk thing is is doing to the broader industry? It's amazing to hear what, what it's done in, in the case of your work and I guess the kind of books that you write. Um, do you think because of the the type of people that that use TikTok, the kind of people that engage with book talk posts, that it's pushing the publishing industry in a in a certain direction of a certain kind of book? I wouldn't say that, but I would say that a number of the books that became hugely popular as a result of the first big wave of book talk recommendations and, you know, creative little films that basically that people were making in response to what they were reading. A number of those books, including We Were Liars, but also um, Adam Silvera's They Both Die at the End and um, Song of Achilles and several others were books from very different genres. So you can't say, oh, books like I write, Mm. because Silvera's book is a science fiction premise and Song of Achilles is historical, right? So these are really very different books. The thing they have in common is that they all make people cry and give Mm -hmm. very big, cathartic, emotional, raw um, experiences to the readers. And I think that particularly during the pandemic, young people, and it is, you know, primarily young people, although not entirely, young people on TikTok and young people making book talk videos, were really, really hungry to feel, to connect to their like deep human self. So you can blow it off as a social media phenomenon. But I think it was rooted in a desire to like 
connect with the deep humanity that emotional fiction offers. Yeah, Emily, I've been deep in the bookstagram, booktubing world for a while. Um, and, you know, book talk, I guess, was just an extension of that. But it's been even surprising to me to see the influence that book talk has had. What do you think it says to those that might not be young adult readers, for instance, or even read young adult fiction, um, to understand the place that while we live in this heavily digital world, the physical book is still really sought after by young readers, isn't it? Young people definitely read less on e-readers than you might think if you didn't know their reading practices. You know, it's a, a typical thing to say about young people, and I don't think it's untrue, that they like a pretty object, Right. Mm. They like to mm. own a book. They like to pass it on to their friends. They like to put it on their shelves. They like to take pictures of it. They enjoy owning the thing that they like. And ebooks um, and audiobooks don't provide that same satisfaction of having a material object. That said, it's also not just young adults books that are popular on TikTok and not only young adults who are making these videos. At least in the US, there's a lot of adult romances that are becoming extremely popular mm. thanks to BookTok creators making videos about them. So it's not a question of, are you a young adult reader or do you understand the reading practices of people who like young adult literature? It's actually a question of what kinds of conversations about books are happening online mm. and do they result in book sales? And it just so happens that when people are making videos that are emotional and passionate, or they're making videos that represent the aesthetics of a book um, as a kind of homemade collage advertisement for a book that they really like. And they're doing that with love and enthusiasm for the fictional world that an author has created, that people have a response to that, right? To the artistry or the vulnerability of the TikTok creator. I've heard from publishers here that nonfiction is having a tough time and I wonder if the kind of content you're talking about is driving people to more emotive fictional works and taking attention away from other parts of the, the publishing industry. But then when I had that thought, Emily, I also thought, well, I guess in the nonfiction world, podcasts have really exploded the kind of debate that can happen around books and a, and a lot of really well-known nonfiction writers in the US get a lot of traction via podcasts. So it's interesting to see the way attention shifts depending on different new technological formats that emerge. Absolutely. And I would not be surprised if TikTok turned its eye to especially involving page turning type of nonfiction, mm. you know, the way that everyone was talking a couple of years ago about serial, for example, mm. right? Mm. True mm. crime podcasting then had this massive wave of creativity. And there's now so many true crime podcasts that we have television shows about true crime podcasts. So I think nonfiction is certainly something that might inspire a wave of TikTok creators, it just hasn't done so yet. Yeah. I, sort of getting into the, I guess, these intergenerational perceptions or, or misconceptions, I feel like even since probably the book itself was invented, the printing press, old people have been worried that new forms of media will degrade the attention spans of younger people. And TikTok was a classic case where it's like, all you want to do is watch these short 
videos. But here we are talking about a form of short form content that has driven renewed interest in long form content. So do you share those concerns of, I guess, you know, the older generation about new tech disintegrating our attention span or are you quite optimistic? Listen, I I say this as a person with a PhD in 19th century novel. We have been worried about this since Charles Dickens was popular. We've been worried about this since comic books came into the mainstream in the USA, right? The things that young people are reading are trashy. Everybody thought the novel was a trashy form when it came out, Mm. right? People in the 18th century thought novels were going to degrade everyone's mind and make them all into simpering romantic fools. So, you know, basically, if young people like it, other people will be anxious that it is ruining the universe. And they're always wrong? I don't think they're always wrong. I think everything is up for debate and conversation. But I do think that, as you said yourself, TikTok has led to, you know, increased book sales, frankly, right? More Mm, conversations mm. about books. And the book lovers are finding ways to use these media to have interesting conversations that spur people to, you know, deep explorations of fictional and probably non-fictional work. I just wanted to ask Emily how your TikTok book talk career is going. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I am on TikTok and I went on TikTok because Family of Liars was launching and it seemed silly to be famous on a social media that I didn't even participate on. (laughs) And so uh, I have made some videos. I enjoy making some of them and some of them are just informational, like, hey, I have an event coming up or I want to tell you about this book I read that I think is really great. I'm getting comfortable. I don't know that I'm a great TikToker yet, but I also don't think that book talk is for authors. Authors can make author-related content and maybe people who are book talk creators will follow them, but really it's not for authors to be engaged in reviewing and recommending books the way that members of a community of people who are readers are doing. Do you know what I mean? It's not for Mm. authors to come in and barge into that conversation, (laughs) right? Authors Mm. can offer some content that people might be interested in who like their books. I do that. Some people are interested. Other people do that more regularly and maybe more skillfully than I do. But I don't think I'm part of the book talk conversation. I think the book talk conversation is for readers to talk to other readers. Yeah. And I think it's cool to have some mystique as well, right? Not be in the room for all these chats. You cannot go around listening to all the social media conversations about you if you create work for public consumption. Yeah. You have to go home and write your novel. Yeah. (laughs) So that was E. Lockhart, a hugely successful author. Her book, We Were Liars, at the top of the New York Times young adult bestsellers list for the last two years. Just an incredible story. Big shout out to our producer, Eleanor, for lining up that literary superstar. And um, Rihanna, for a moment there during that interview, I was downloading the TikTok app thinking, right, finally, I need to do it. I need to get on there. And then right at the end, I was like, "Mm, maybe I don't. (laughs) Well, I'm still not there. It's a password one too many for me, (laughs) Tom. But it's, you know, BookTok is absolutely phenomenal. And if you're not in the TikTok world, you can still see BookTok if you are in the Instagram world as well. And that's how I see a lot of these videos is through Instagram. But it's 
amazing to see what readers are talking about, what readers are recommending to other readers and the things that readers are getting very, very excited about. But I guess it's also this effect that it's having on authors, books coming back, authors like E. Lockhart getting back onto these bestseller lists, but then also getting book deals out of it. And maybe like some of them have even got literary agents out of the influence of book talk. Well, I'm waiting for my moment. Someone needs to really shed some tears over my book and then I might sell so many books that you um, might notice that I don't turn up for work the next week. I would endorse that. (laughs) Listener.